Hey, Doug. Hey, Karen. Happy week three of quarantine. Another installment of Melrose in the time of Corona. Here we go. Here we go. I hope everybody is doing well in their quarantined homes. Yes, hope you're finding ways to keep sane and avoid boredom and cabin fever. If we can help you with that, we are so glad. And hopefully everybody is well. Yes. Oh, I mean, uh, yes, it goes without saying. I didn't mean for there to be a pause as I agreed with you. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Can I just tell you, like, yes, the weirdest... we sincerely do. <laughs> Before we jumped on here, you know, I was, like, glancing through, like, news headlines, and there was, you know, the headline about um, Governor Cuomo's brother, Chris Cuomo, who is the CNN dude. He's on CNN. He he tested positive for yes. coronavirus. and And apparently... Uh, the governor said something to the effect of my brother, I guess he made the announcement. He said, my brother tested positive and he's currently self-quarantined in the basement. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I was like such a big brother thing to do. Like, oh my God, you have coronavirus, you're quarantined to the basement. And then like locks his younger brother in the basement. So I just thought that there was something really funny there. I, I mean, but is Chris Cuomo living in Andrew Cuomo's house? I don't know, but it sounded like he was living in his basement. Like, is Chris in Chris's basement, or are they all just living in one mansion together? Well, I mean, first of all, like, well, what, where where does Chris live? I mean, CNN is based in Atlanta, but they have a New York studio. And is he in New York City? And who the fuck in New York City has a basement? Uh, I guess rich people. I guess so. Maybe People with townhouses. I guess so. Maybe he lives in a townhouse and he's got a basement. And I mean, he probably could. He's a Cuomo. They probably have a lot of land. But it was really funny because the way that it read, and again, this was just me looking at like a headline and a little snippet of a story. And it sounded like, like, like the governor just shoved his brother in his basement and was like, get down there. You sick man. Yeah. Don't breathe on anyone. (laughs) Go in the basement. (laughs) He's like in this dank, dark basement. So I bet I bet it's not dank and dark. Save Chris Cuomo. Save Chris Cuomo. My guess is there's a billiard table and a bar and all that stuff. Yeah, there's probably like the wine cellar. Yeah. He's in the wine cellar. Yeah. So anyway, welcome to the block. <laughs> we are back on the block, everyone. We are at episode, uh, season four, episode 21, Devil in a Wet Dress. Yes. Uh, and we pick up right where we left off last week for the double episode. Um, so in case you were wondering what happened when Brooke drunk, Brooke slipped and fell in the pool. Now we find out. Well, okay. When it, when it opens there, we, we have the four, the, the double date going on there. Um, uh, Jake and Jane and Allison and Billy are going to go to the movies and so they're leaving. They're walking out of Melrose Place onto the street going to, I don't know whose car. Was that Jane's car? Who knows? It's Jane's car because Jane is the one who gets in the driver's seat, which makes no sense. The one who just recovered from paralysis and a stroke is the one to drive. Strikes me as a little odd, but that's neither here nor there. Miracle. Miracle. So Allison, though, being Allison, decides that she must go back and you know, look to, tend to take Brooke. care of Brooke. Yeah. She must tend to Brooke. 
Um, and everyone is sort of arguing with her about it. Come to the movies, leave her alone. Allison's like, I can't, I can't. You guys go without me. Save me a seat. I'll be there later. And then she goes. Now, as they're sort of cutting to her, like going back to the courtyard, back to the pool, I was like, oh, Christ, Kristen Davis is going to fucking live. (laughs) I can't with her. And so I was like, no, like I honestly almost shut it off because I was like, Jesus, they're going to they're going to let her live. Because how many times have they been doing this now? With Kristen Davis letting what? her live? No, no, no. Just, has- just with actors, like, on the show where we think they're dead and they have, like, they come back to life. Um, like once? With Kimberly? And Jane. Well, I mean, that was a cliffhanger. It's not like we really thought for sure Jane was dead. Yeah, or maybe no, I, just- I know, but I mean, like, they've, they've done, they keep doing this where, like, well, no, honestly, we did think Jane was dead for a hot minute. I was like, wow, did they just kill off Jane? And then the cliffhanger's over, and Jane is not dead. Kimberly, they killed off. She came back to life. Um, so anyway, I just kind of felt like, god damn it, they're not going to kill off Kristen Davis. And I got really annoyed. I would have only been annoyed because in the ads, when this originally aired, they did promise two dead people. So I would have said, that's false advertising, and I would have sued. But um, here's the deal. Brooke is going to be dead. Brooke is dead. Spoiler alert, Brooke is dead. But then, so, we- so Allison comes back into the courtyard. She sees Brooke in the pool face down. She jumps in, yells for help. Billy, I don't know, I guess he also had a change of heart. He got out of the car, and so he also sees Allison in the pool with Brooke. So Allison calls 911, and Billy's like performing CPR. But Jane and Jake kept going to the movies. Jane and Jake just went to the movies. They were like, screw you. They we're need going us to the time. Yeah, yeah we, need, we, need, we need us time. We need alone time. Um, so I, and then, and then I guess the next shot we see is they have Brooke on a gurney all strapped in. And now this was, again, her face was open. There wasn't a sheet covering her. It was just covering like her body, but not her head. And I was like, crap, they let her live. Right. So at that point, yes, you're still left to wonder, oh, is she going to make it? Did she actually survive this? And then we see. And then finally they pull the sheet over her head. And I was like, ding fucking dong. She's dead. But wait, there's more because Brooke is dead. She's dead. Yes, Brooke is dead. Brooke is so but, dead. But we have not seen the last of Kristen Davis we as I not. promised last we week. Not. We have not. We have not. And good and God help me, this storyline was horrendous. Yeah, I hated this episode. We went from one really bad storyline with Kristen Davis, like where you were like watching it and going, This storyline can't get any worse. And then the writers were like, Hold my beer. Yep, yep. Because that's exactly what they did. They made this storyline even worse. Yeah, you yeah, you said it perfectly. Yeah. And it's uh, it augurs in everything that is to follow. But they actually are now asking Billy, they're asking Andrew Shu to go dark, which he can't even go into the light. So he, how can he go dark? But yeah, this episode, I mean, I think all the stories are bad, but but what they're doing now with Brooke, uh, Ghost Brooke, and Billy is embarrassing. Yeah, so Brooke, now, now, throughout the whole episode with the moments with Billy, and Billy's the only one that can see Ghost Brooke, she is here to haunt him, and Ghost Brooke, every time she sees Billy, is soaking wet. 
Devil in a wet dress. Devil in a wet dress. So so not only is the storyline horrendous because it's just Kristen Davis sort of like sopping taunting. wet. Yeah, and taunting And Bill, taunting yeah. him and sort of repeating, You don't love me, you let me die. You're e you're 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 a bad husband. You like like look, I'm still here and I'm going to haunt you. Like it was just really awful. Really truly awful. That's not yeah, how hauntings did. work. No, it's not, and I'm glad that I'm talking to an expert on this, but um, uh, I honestly think, and I think I thought this before we had the terminology when it aired, this is the show's true jump the shark moment. Oh, really? It never gets better? It changes course a little bit, a couple times even, and we're basically at the halfway point for the whole series, maybe just past it. Um, But I think... It had soared so high for so long, and then, like, this season, in the beginning after the bombing, it was like, well, this isn't as good, and this doesn't work as well. There are some truly horrendous mistakes starting here that go for, like, the next ten episodes. And maybe you'll disagree. I hope you do. But that's not my memory of it. When's Lisa Rinna showing up? Not till next season. Jesus, at least she'll be a kick, right? Well, what I will say, yeah, 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 yes and no. Like, I didn't love it as much at the time as I sort of do in hindsight. Um, it sort of reinvents itself as again as like a nighttime soap along the lines of season two. Good. Started, right, right now it's like eating too much camp for its own good. And doesn't know, these writers don't seem to know when, uh, like, the line is a dot to them. They've now crossed it and gone so far, they can't see it. I don't even care to spend too much time in any of these individual storylines, because I actually think they're all super weak. Okay. We we can, um, I mean, I don't know if we should save the rest of the Billy stuff till the end, because that's technically the big storyline, or if we want to... Good Lord, that was the big storyline. It was a terrible storyline. I mean, basically, I mean, what's to say? He was, like... Well, the thing the is, haunting. like, Billy is now hardening, and he's not sympathetic to Brooke's death, and he's actually becoming a big dickhead, like an insensitive dickhead. And and this will play out in ways over the next few episodes that are, like, not fun to watch from a story standpoint and painful to watch from an Andrew Shue performance standpoint. He is so bad. I mean, he's he, so bad. He's just terrible. I actually was like thinking about this at one point in the middle of the night that I'm like, he's so bad. <laughs> I truly believe that he's probably like the nicest guy. Like if we ever could find him and ask him to do an interview for this podcast, he'd probably say yes and be very funny about it. And I just feel bad because I'm like, I'm just trashing how bad he is. But he's bad. Alyssa's like, you know, the directors probably don't even try with him, right? They're just like, yeah, the light was where we needed it to be. You were in the shot. Move on. Yeah, it's like, it's like, did he get the job because he could, like, hit his mark? Yeah, I mean, you know, abs. So that's all they wanted. His abs aren't even that great. I mean, he's not, I don't think he's bad looking aside from the duck face, but, you know. And he's got perpetual duck face. You know, I mean, we have... We have other good-looking actors on the show that can sell their characters. And then we have other, I guess, okay-looking actors on the show that at least don't get in the way of things. On his best days, he's just not getting in the way of things. (laughs) Barely. And, I mean, it's just, you know, it's his, his, uh, his face is always the same. 
every emotion. As at one point, um, my husband like was kind of half-ass watching this with me, and he called him a wet noodle. And I was like, yeah, you are absolutely right. He like looked at him and he's like, what the hell is wrong with his acting? He's like a wet noodle. I'm like, yeah. And I mean, you know, guys, my husband ain't in the biz, you know, <laughs> like, like, no, he's not. Absolutely right. No, his expression, it's like, whether it's shock or anger or sadness or boredom or gas, it's the exact same look. He looks exactly the same no matter what what he is emoting. So, I mean, yeah. So, through this, it's like he he's, he's sort of mourning, but he's sort of not. But he's totally being haunted. And he keeps saying that he harbors no grief for her, although I do think he probably feels guilt. Um, but, again, who knows? Because the writers aren't giving us anything. And he, the actor isn't giving us anything. So, I'm just making it up in my head. Um and there's a funeral that nobody shows up to. Wait, 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 wait. That's not true. Because Billy and Allison are obviously there. She, he, he eventually cops out on the eulogy and Allison takes over. But Amanda is there. And Jake and Jane are there. And Sydney, looking like Jackie O at a funeral is there. It was fabulous. The costume, um, that costume was fabulous. And a random black couple that I've never seen on the show or in the background at D&D was there. So can't say nobody. Yeah, but it was like she didn't have any friends. No, well, it was like that even with her dad. It was like the, there was no other family. And and Lowell kind of makes it sound like in the last episode that, well, she she's a bitch. The dad is dead and there's no money. So everyone has been alienated. No one is right. interested in them at all. And I guess that's where we are. Also, it's just easier for them, um, you know, to fill a scene with less people. Right. It's cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> and Bill, and then Billy is sort of upset, you know, that he that the divorce never went through before she died because now he's inherited her credit card debt. Right, right. He's, he's talking. He's saying all the wrong things. Yeah. He's sounding very not grief stricken. Yeah, and he has four more years to pay on the engagement ring. Is that what he said? Four or five. Yeah, four or five, remember. something like that. I was like, wow, dude, that's a lot of years to pay. You better pry that off her finger before you put her in the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Now I sound like him. Um, so the one curious thing that had my interest peaked slightly was the um, that toy account. Lindy Toys. Lindy Toys. Um, apparently Brooke was in charge of that account, um, but she was obviously dropping the ball because she was a hot mess before she died. And so Amanda needs that account to be saved. And she sends Billy in to do it because she thinks that they will be more sympathetic to him. He's the widow of Brooke. She just died, all of that. Um, and so Billy has her notes, which I don't know. They, they, they said Brooke wasn't doing any work, but it looked like she did do work. Well, well, yeah, here's the thing. He gets these notes when he picks up her one box of belongings from the hotel, which, based on the exterior, is the Beverly Hilton, where I have stayed. Um and in these notes, she has, like, five, you know, pitches for this Lindy Toys new, like, adult games campaign. Um, and I never thought Brooke was supposed to have had any talent. But all of a sudden, it's like she was a secret fucking genius. 
Yeah, like like she's got like all of these great ideas in this rando notebook. After yeah. we were told she did no research, um, there was no research that she did on this company. And then there's like you know genius ad campaign hidden in all her crap in the right. in the hotel. And so um, they're you know they're about to lose the client. The client is angry because I guess the pitch meeting is not going well. And then Billy just pulls out one of the lines. And he's all of a sudden, oh my God, you're a genius. You have my account <laughs> yeah, back. Yeah. So, um, you know, so so I'm kind of curious, like where they're going to go with that, or if they're just not going to go anywhere. No, they uh, they do kind of push Billy along this route. So I want you to watch and see where it goes because I want to see what you think of how that storyline develops. Because, like, I'm kind of trying to figure out, like. Is Brooks' ghost gonna suddenly be like the advertising maven on Billy's shoulder, and she is going to propel him to, you know, what's the advertising uh, award that they give out every the, the Clio? The Clio, like she's yeah. gonna propel him to like a Clio. Is that what is that what's gonna happen? Because in my head, that might be kind of fun. Um, I'm pretty sure you've already thought more about this than the writing room did. So that's not happening, is it? It's not my memory of this. No, then it's not happening. So that's my wish, but, um, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, you know, let's just wait and see. Maybe it'll be granted, Yeah. but I don't think it yeah. will be. Yeah. So, yeah, I think, I honestly think that's basically it. We got like some really cheap, 80s horror movie vibes going on to give us this like ghost brook uh, slowly revealing herself to to taunt billy um it was like an elementary it. school production of a christmas carol <laughs> yeah. when they like you know what i mean like when they're bringing the ghosts back you know and they're all that spooky kind of music and then you have like the fog machine going and you know, and then somebody comes up because, like, you've got that little trap door and you're all excited to use it. And so you yeah. push the little kid up the trap door and, and suddenly, like, this horrific figure emerges soaking wet. Yeah, it was just like that. Yeah. So episode already not in great shape, but wait, yeah. there's and that, more. <laughs> and, that was the, and that was the big storyline. Yeah. That was, like, that was, like, what they were hanging on to. Yeah. Ding dong, Brooke is <sighs> dead, and Billy's even worse. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, who's next? We could do Matt. Let's do Matt. Matt had a, Matt had a hot minute in here. Um, so Matt returns to, uh, to the studio, his boyfriend, Alan's, uh, work, a place of work, even though he wasn't welcome there before, but before he can get onto the soundstage to see his, uh, his, his boyfriend, he runs into the producer, um, who basically, uh, has a word with Matt about the tabloid photo, which did not get out because apparently Matt and Alan were very lucky that it was the yeah. nicest photographer in the business. Yeah, she said it was the one photographer who's like sympathetic to the cause of staying in the closet, so they were able to pay him off and shut him up. Right, and so she's basically saying she spent she spent a lot of money on PR for Alan, and he's like her next star. And, like, he's had this job for a hot minute, but that's okay. And so she's basically like, we're keeping him in the closet, and there ain't nothing you can do. Right. Right. So she's like, you're welcome to stay today, and then don't come to the set ever again. Yeah. And, so, yeah. 
so then he goes to the lot where they're filming this scene, and of course it's a sex scene between Alan and his um or the ingenue he's acting opposite the, the if he's the new lead then i guess she's the leading actress and of course he walks in and they're in bed together right and um and then of course the scene ends alan makes the introductions um uh, matt says something about you know oh you must be uncomfortable doing these scenes in front of all these people and she's like no not really i really enjoy them and so now matt is like really unhappy and he's questioning it looks like he's questioning uh, i mean alan's sexuality like he's kind of like is alan straight you know like he's very it's like he's he's having a moment of of confusion here it looks like and jealousy yeah but it also she does offset it a bit because she's like i love the sex scenes because it means there's last lines for me to memorize. And they have a laugh. So they do plant the seed of, oh, no, does Matt need to worry about this for whatever reason? Um, but then the next time Matt sees the two of them, we're given reason to not worry about that anymore. Right. But Matt is still worried. I mean, like, you can see it in, you know, in his face. I mean, you can just see, like, he looks like, oh, my God, what's going on here? And Doug Savant plays it very well. Yeah, he does. You know, so... um unlike Billy Campbell. Um, and so, so uh, they apparently, uh, Alan has invited his uh, co-star to dinner, but Matt has rounds at the hospital, um, which I didn't realize med school students did rounds, but there you no, go. No, I, I don't either. Um, so he can't make dinner and Alan's, and Alan's like, oh, it's fine. We can work. We'll, we'll, it'll be a working dinner. We'll run lines. And so when Matt returns home, he walks in on their scene and they're kissing passionately. Yep. Boy, this is a steamy soap that they're on. Yeah. And they apparently are really good actors because they're selling it very well. Yeah. And so, um, you know, Matt is just kind of like, you know, holy shit. And, um, and then he's like, oh my God. You're rehearsing because he sees the scripts. And yeah, he's like, like, I hope I'm interrupting something. Yes. <laughs> they were like, oh, you're rehearsing. But anyway, that's when um, the, the scene partner there drops a bomb. She's gay, too. Yeah, she's a lesbian, and so he doesn't have anything to worry about. Incidentally, do you know who the actress is who plays not. this actor? Who was that? Jerry Ryan, best known for Deep Space Star Trek Deep Space Nine. They list her, I think, in the credits as Jerry Lynn Ryan, but uh, Jerry, J-E-R-I, who was like a big, like, internet deal through most of the 90s and early 2000s. Oh, okay. Good for her. Um, yeah. Oh, and through, but, but be, after we sort of, she comes out and says, well, I'm gay, then they have the conversation, a bigger conversation about the producer and about yes. how she says she was single. She's single because of this producer, because, um you know, she, she just sort of like, you know, frowned upon her relationship with her partner and, um, and it ultimately broke them up. Yeah. She's very demanding about, you know, being protective of her clients' personal lives. Uh, so it doesn't ruin the fantasy of the soap they're working on. Right. So, um, so I thought, I felt like that was a little foreshadowing for poor Matt and Alan. Yeah. There are, you know, there's stumbles to come. Yes. It does look like it. Okay. Moving on. Um, where, where do we go from here? Maybe Michael and Kimberly. Okay. It looks who like have now, who have now reunited since the big car crash. Well, yes. Since, since I should say, I guess her. 
abduction and subsequent propane gas explosion. Yes, um, where Crazy Vic had kidnapped her last uh, last episode. Um, and it looks like they're kind of back together, except that Kimberly just isn't interested in moving back in with Michael. Michael is a fast mover. Yeah. Yeah, he sure is. I mean, like, he just got, he just got sit out and he's like, you know, now he wants Kimberly to move back in. Yeah, and Kimberly's enjoying being reunited, but she doesn't want them to be a thing again. Right, because she doesn't think that they're the, you know, healthiest couple. She ain't wrong. (laughs) She is not. She ain't wrong. Um, But when she goes back home (laughs) to her apartment at Melrose Place, now remember, she told Sid that Sid could stay with her. Sid basically moved all of Kimberly's shit out of the apartment. (laughs) And it's just sitting by the front door. It's not a lot, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, basically, you know, so, so Sid is, is betrayed, feels betrayed by, uh, Kimberly, which of course Shock. she kind of is, you know, and, um, and I don't know. I mean, once again, Laura Layton is just awesome and yeah. she was really fabulous. The, t- all the timing things. here is really impeccable. Yeah. Like we just, we just need Laura Layton in every single scene and Melrose Place will be okay. It's really frustrating to have such a, a an MVP basically benched for an entire season. Because she is. I mean, she's just kind of like, you know, floating in and out of these random storylines. She doesn't really have a story of her own. She was their ace in the hole for two solid years, and they just give her nothing. Yeah, which really sucks. And I don't nope. understand why they did that. I don't, I don't either. She's had no ape plot this entire season. Yeah, I mean, like, they've given... I mean, were they trying to sort of, like, refocus it on Kimberly? Like, it was just, like, such a weird thing because she really was fan- phenomenal for two seasons, and then they just were, like, benching her. Yeah, I'll never know because we don't have that kind of intel. And I've not read anything to suggest, like, oh, she was difficult or, oh, Heather Locklear was, like, keep her back on the sidelines. I've not heard any of that, so I don't know. Um... So it doesn't matter though that Kimberly is that Sid kicked Kimberly out of her own apartment because apparently Kimberly's house hunting. Yes, she's looking to buy a new house. Um. So, uh, but she wants to be on the beach. Um. And uh, apparently Michael keeps derailing that. <laughs> yes. Which how does he know? I, I I don't know how he finds out. But anyway, he he basically puts a deposit on um, on a house on the beach that she wants, even though he's not going to move into it, and um, because he's just trying to keep her from moving in someplace, living anywhere else, she'll move in with him. Um, It's all very weird. It makes absolutely no sense. And Kimberly is like, "Yay!" So that's that. That's that's yeah. I I mean, I don't understand this again. No, the game's like, it's almost like, it's just like a placeholder to give them something. Um, Again, this was Kimberly's house. I don't know why she cannot just claim it and tell Michael he can or can't live there. Um, But so be it. Also, this actress, who I think is only in two scenes as the real estate agent, is the worst actress I've ever seen. Alyssa was like, she had to have like won a contest to play this role on the show. I mean, she's so distractingly unnatural. It's, I don't know, did she know someone? Was she dating or married to someone? I don't know. She is bad. I looked her up on IMDb and she only had like two other credits. So it looks like she really was an aspiring actress, but she was not good. Okay. 
Unless they brought her in to make Billy look better, because they knew they were really, like, pushing him this week. Right. <laughs> he really had to emote this week. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Okay, who's next? Um, Jane, Jake, Richard, Joe. Oh, boy. Jane, Jake, Richard, <laughs> <Joe>. <sighs> <sighs> Yeah. Okay. Where did we leave that off? Is it, is it fair to say that there's just no heat between Jane and Jake. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's weird because I think in terms of like PDA, right? Like, I feel like they hang on each other more than any of the other couples. And I'm wondering if that's making up for the lack of chemistry between them or trying to make up for it. Because have you noticed like Jake's always got her in like this weird headlock. Yeah, yeah, he does have his arm around her in ways that he didn't with, say, Joe or Amanda. Right, like, he kind of has, like, this weird headlock thing going on with her, and they're always, like, kind of touching, and you just don't see that with a lot of the couples. I mean, you know, they have their intimate moments, but they're not constantly, like, headlocked into each other. Right. Um, No, it's usually, like, flirty, innuendo, or bed. Right. And And Jane and Jake are, like, somewhere in between. Although, obviously, like, they're in bed, too, but... But it's different. Yeah, it's like, I mean, it's 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 enough. It was jarring enough and unusual enough that I sort of like kind of like was watching, you know, another scene with them. And I'm kind of cocking my head like, why do they keep doing that? Like, it's like because it's only them. Yeah. It's only them that are constantly like, again, like the arm around, the touch, the touch, the close, the close and the headlocky thing. Right. So I don't know. So, I mean, maybe that's just kind of like going to make up for their lack of chemistry. Um, but yeah, I mean, God, I am just so sick of this storyline too. So, uh, Jane has left Mancini and Hart or Hart Mancini designs, um, not in a good way. Uh, Richard is threatening to sue her. It's, it got really ugly. And then Jane has now set up her own shop in Jake's garage. Right. Um, and I guess Curtis, courtesy of Jake and Joe moved the moved Mercedes or BMW, whatever it was there. Yeah. Right. Um, and so when, so she's got, she and Alice, I guess she's got like a big presentation the next day, um, for a client and Allison is just kind of like hanging out and they're talking about stuff and well, she, well, talking about Brooke, well, talking about <laughs> Brooke, yeah. Talking about Brooke being dad. Um, and, and Jane, is like, would you listen to my pitch? Because she's got a pitch client. Allison's like, sure. And then she stops Jane like after one sentence, and she's like, okay, show, wh- where's the fabric? And Jane's like, what? Because Jane says, I don't know, it's fabric. So, so basically, she's, no, she's she's like, Asia has had a lot of great new fabrics this se- season, and she starts to move on. And then Allison's like, well, what are those fabrics? And Jane's like, Ugh, you already so helpful. Can you come on and work for me part time yeah. as like, director of marketing? <laughs> She's basically like, can you be my pretend director of marketing and do the yeah. presentation for me? And, you know, Allison, because, like, you know, she's got nothing else going on. She's like, yeah, okay. So now, okay, hold up. I have to ask, is this the start of a new business for, for Mancini Designs here? I don't remember it being so, no. I remember, I had no memory of this conversation or scene even taking place, which tells me it goes absolutely nowhere. In fact, even in this episode, it goes nowhere. Because, and I think it g- continues in that direction. Because once again, I'm rewriting Melrose Place in my head, and I thought, oh, what a great plot twist. 
if after all of this brouhaha with poor Jane and her business partner, her shitty male business partners, if she and Allison got together and created some sort of business fashion business and Allison was like the business brains behind it and Jane was the creative talent. Now that would be something. That would be great. And maybe they do that. And I just like my 16 year old, you know, memory because I was 16 watching it uh doesn't remember it's possible no you're probably right because it kind of didn't go anywhere um in this episode and as we'll find out later neither did the pitch right well yeah well it did yeah what we learned we never see the pitch we never see the meeting we never see the client um but we find out afterward yes it went well and no Allison wasn't there so like what was the point of that scene that preceded it. She could have just said, oh, no, Allison I, was I'm there. meeting with a client. No, no, Allison was there. I thought she wasn't. No, Allison was there because she and Jake come back from dinner and they were like, we wanted to take you to dinner for doing that great presentation and you never showed up. Uh, oh, I thought that meant she didn't show up to the thing and they no, just wanted to help. No, 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 oh. no. It was like, you you know, and she was like, no, uh, I'm sorry, I had to, I don't remember, like it was Billy or she was taking care of Billy or whatever she was doing. Yeah, and, I'm sure it was the, yeah. Yeah, and Jane was like, uh, I okay, got sure. the job. I got, like, like they, we got the, you know, we got the account. So thank you for that. And we owe you dinner. Like all excited, like they got the account. But that's when Richard shows up. Yeah. And and puts a damper on their celebration. And Richard apparently also had a meeting right after right Jane's after. meeting with the same client. And he thinks that he walked away with the account. But then Jane was like, oh, no, the client called me. I mean, she just showed her cards way too early. She's like, oh, no, this yeah, client called me. Yeah, she shouldn't have said anything. Yeah, she should have kept her mouth, mouth shut. Because the next thing you know, the next day, Richard calls this client and says, do you know who you just hired? You hired a woman who works out of a garage. Yeah, which is not telling lies, but it's, it's you know, not playing fair. Not playing um, fair. So we find this out because during, I guess, Jake's doing the dinner version of a nooner. Um, he's leaving Shooters to go back and have sex with Jane. And that's right after is when Jane gets the call from the client that he's, though he said yes, yes meant no, and he's actually going to work with Richard instead. So then Jane, in what's like a very nice white blanket, you know, that's uh, right. Yeah, um, marches right up with Jake behind her to knock on Joe's door and yell at Richard. Because how could he play, you know, such hardball? It's unfair, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, look, you work out of a garage. Like, you don't have the manpower. I can turn things around faster. And she doesn't even have a good comeback, really, other than she's she's like, you, you're mean. You suck. But we see Joe souring on Richard. Yeah, Joe doesn't look happy about this. She's Joe doesn't seem to really want to play this sort of, you know, brutal business game. Um, no. And, um, and I guess that was sort of the whole takeaway of the scene. Yeah. I think, was it the same scene where, where Jane like tries to tell Joe to shut up? She's like, you're a photographer. You don't understand. Yeah, she does. Yeah, Yeah. she does. Because for whatever reason, like Joe, like will still defend Richard, even when she's like looking at him, like you're a dick. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, which is kind of what your significant of should do. Um, but yeah, it's like, Joe, you really don't know. So shut up. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. So, so that's kind of like where we leave it with them and moving on. 
Yes. Which uh, I think leaves us with just Amanda, Peter, Bobby, Alicia. Yeah, another storyline that I am just like at this point, I don't care. This is the biggest yawn. Don't care either. I don't care. And at this point, I don't. I've lost the plot with them. I don't understand what the hell is going on. Like, why did Peter get involved with Alicia? Because he's trying to win Amanda back, but at this point, it doesn't make any sense. Or he's trying to hurt Bobby, but like, I guess, I guess he's trying to like get into Bobby's business affairs to ruin him. I mean, he's a fucking doctor, doctor people. I mean, I think it's a little all of the above. I think it's to make Amanda jealous. I think it's to bother Bobby by like sniffing around his home turf. Um, I think he's trying to find what intel he might be able to get to use against Bobby and show Amanda, but I do not care. I do not care about either of these couples. I do not care about these couples trying to make each other jealous. Um, I just think Alicia is too smart to be caught up in this nonsense. Yeah. And then, um, so so they they end up going, they all have a double date and go to dinner together, which is just like, what is going on? Um, apparently because it was a man, because what, why? Because Peter, no, no, because Amanda wants Bob wants Alicia to be comfortable yeah. with Bobby because Bobby did step in last episode on uh, with her relationship with Peter and basically said, I don't want you seeing him. And it was trying to derail it. And Amanda was not happy about that because she wants Alicia to be happy because I guess Bobby is building this big cable company all by himself with just Alicia. I think you answered that as well as anyone could ever answer that and better than the writers probably could. I think you hit everything right there. Yeah. Which basically explains why there is no security in Bobby's office. And people well, any, of these really off- any, any of these offices. But yeah, yeah they will find a way to have in. an explanation for, for Bobby's office right. because it's just him and Alicia and they That's have, true. and they're busy. And they're, and they're busy. Yeah. And they're busy. So, you know, I will say I don't think we had anything continue over from Amanda's last scene last week, which is when Bobby lied about having been in Palm Springs and she caught him in the lie. Like, I don't think she like nothing in this episode was her like leaning in any closer to see if Bobby was lying or doing anything else. Right. Well, I think it was explained because Peter or or no, uh, Alicia, I think because Alicia told her that Bobby was, um, that Bobby took, like, basically sent her on a wild goose chase so that he could have, he could confront Oh, just, but he could do the Peter thing? Yeah, so that he could confront Peter about their relationship. It was either Peter said something to him, somebody said something to Amanda, and that's why Amanda decided we should all have dinner. dinner And and get it out. And get it out, and just, you know, Amanda, you need to, Amanda was basically, Bobby, you need to get over this because she's all you've got. And and you need to and this business needs to work because remember Amanda's got her life's savings now in Bobby's business. Right. Yeah. That okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Um. So they have a dinner. Um. It seems to be all like uncomfortable, but all right. But at the end of the dinner, um, after like she, um, Amanda and Peter have a few minutes alone. And he's sort of talking about how he's fallen in love with Alicia and all this other stuff. And then he walks away and Amanda's kind of get, like looking after him, like these sort of longing looks. And I was like, oh boy, here we go. 
Well, here we go, but it's, I just think, going to be tedious along the way. I agree, because there's, again, like, what, last episode, maybe the episode, I don't even remember anymore, like, there was a gun to their heads by Bobby's dad, and then all of a sudden his dad is no longer threatening them, you know? Yeah, I yeah mean, that was just last week. I mean, they just, it just was kind of, it's like... I don't know. You would think there'd be something more with that. I mean, I guess that's the last we've heard of it. No, I think they have a a big habit of of leading us down a path where we think there will be a big payoff. And then they're just like, okay, dropping that story, move on. Yeah, and we're done with that. So, I don't know. Uh, I do do know that this scene wraps up with um, Alicia and Peter in bed asleep. But Peter wakes up and goes, starts rummaging through Alicia's briefcase and starts going through Bobby's financial papers. And Alicia does wake up, but she continues to pretend to be asleep because I don't know why she's okay with Peter looking at the financial papers. Not quite clear what her game is. No, I, I guess we, I guess we do find out more, not necessarily what her game is, but there's more like tit for tat, I think, to come. I'm sure that there is, but I don't even care. That's exactly how I feel. I hate this story. I hate all these stories. Yeah. This, I mean, this whole episode was kind of dull. Yeah. These are, I think, the doldrums of Melrose Place to come. Yeah. So, yay, next week. (laughs) Yeah. Brace yourself for more. So, for those of you listening along, thank you, by the way, and also watching along, are you enjoying this any more than we are? If so, we would love to hear more. Yeah, please tell us if you are loving this, because we're not. <laughs> yeah, to to say the least, we're not. I mean, basically, I watch it, and like I've been doing with this podcast, I've been rewriting the whole episode in yeah. my head, and I'm like, ooh, they should do this, and then it doesn't happen. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're, the road not taken. Right. So, that's the episode, gang. Yeah, but don't let our, uh, you know, dissing on these episodes prevent you from listening to us. <laughs> no, well, we'll just keep ripping it apart. So next week, we'll see if Billy gets dripped on some more. Um, <laughs> and we'll hopefully see some Sid and uh, Jane and Jake and all those other people. And um, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, who knows? Maybe Andrew Shu will wow us with newfound acting prowess. No, he won't. Um, but... So we're going to go head on over to Hollywood Boulevard. We're going to talk about some current stuff. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, actually. It's right. I'm going to fling it on you all. But we're going to have a, a nice little uh, variety of some pop culture chat right. over on Hollywood Boulevard. The great thing about this pandemic is we've been able to catch up on some uh, TV watching. So... That's right. Follow us over to uh, the boulevard, and um, we will see you over there. See you there. Bye.